And now Kvaratelia steadying himself! Is there anything this man can't do? Where on earth has he come from? No wonder they're already calling him Kvaradona. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Serie A Spotlight. This is season two, episode five, and we are your hosts, Matt and Jake. Happy anniversary, bro. Happy fucking anniversary, dude. This is episode, okay, what, 45? Episode total? 45, and our one-year anniversary is on the 26th of August. Um, that's when we started, 26th August 2021, with episode one. Welcome to Serie A Spotlight. We got comfortable very quickly, bro. Um, episode two was Empoli's massive ball, so we quickly settled and, and we, we went for the funny podcast titles. We didn't want to be that podcast that is too you know, um, uh, corporate, yeah. so to say. We wanted or to be ourselves. I mean, like I said, guys, we're available on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at Seria Spotlight. We're now also available on Facebook if you're 90 years old. <laughs> um, but yeah, our Instagram is pretty lit, as I always say, because I look after it highly, highly, highly. And yeah, you could stay tuned. You could see our bets of the week as well. Yes. That's a good segue into... Our lost bet. <laughs> last year we were talking. Last year, last episode we were talking about going undefeated and <laughs> possibly going up to watch a game with the money. Boom! We, lost our bet. Um, we bet on the Roma Cremonese game that Roma would win, and so they did. We bet on the Monza Napoli game that Napoli would win, and so they did. We bet that Milan would beat Atalanta for the fourth time in a row, but they did not. It was a one-one draw. A very close game, to be fair, and Milan could have maybe got something out of it, but yeah. Atalanta showed up and it was quite a, an impressive game. We'll talk about that later on. Um, of course, you win some, you lose some, and we'll be trying our luck again for this weekend. Um, I have a juicy one in mind, bro. Nice, nice. I just think it should be one bet for this one. Yes, yes, one, one bet. bet. Napoli to beat Fiorentina. <sighs> Odds were like 2.25 when I checked. Fiorentina were poor. Fiorentina were poor, game. and Napoli have been inspired. But Napoli have faced weak opponents so far in Verona and Fair Monza. Enough. But they put, what, nine past them both yeah, combined? Yeah. yeah, and they, they conceded two against Verona, but mm -hmm. we know how Verona are going forward. It's their defensive ability that's kind yeah. of questionable. But yeah, before we go into match day by match day, we just want to read out all of the results that have taken place in this um, uh, in, in, in this match day. Basically, Atalanta drew 1-1 at home against the champions in Milan. Inter cruised 3-0 against Spezia. Napoli cruised past newly promoted Monza with the score of 4-0. Samp drew 0-0 to Juve. Roma edged past newly promoted Cremonese 1-0. Torino held Lazio to a 0-0 draw in Turin. Empoli, nil Fiorentina, nil in the derby. Sassuolo beat Lecce, 1-0. Bologna drew 1-1 to Verona. Udinese came nil-nil to Salernitana. So it's kind of like the old school Serie A thing, no? The whole oh, boring defensive league because there aren't mm. many goals the same. But this isn't the Serie A that we know nowadays. Huh? Absolutely not. It was quite bizarre that there were barely any goals. Um, to be honest, I feel like many teams are still feeling their, their squad out, you know, trying things out. I, I feel like... They haven't settled yet. They, mm. you know? it's, it's odd because the first match they brought us around 35 goals. The first That's match true. they literally brought us a mental amount of goals. And this match they brought us, what, 17 goals? Mm. So this was one of the quieter match yeah. days, you know, this season for sure during the first two during the first two match days. But yes, sometimes, I mean, we were saying all the encounters were pretty close when it comes to quality. You look at, for example, Bologna and Verona, very equal cool on paper. Atalanta and Milan, very equal cool on paper. 
Some Panduver Roman Cremonese may not be equal on paper, but judging by the performances and judging by the stage that they were on, they would have been closer than people would have imagined. So, yeah, a lot of draws is, at the end of the day, what was anticipated going into this, I would say. Yeah, many tight affairs. In fact, we found it difficult to place a bet. Um, you mentioned quality. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. We had, in goals, quality over quantity. Exactly. Because picking the goal of the week oh, was, yeah. was a difficult task. Yep. So we eventually went for Gvaras against Monzat Pudnamwandil. I'm going Gvaragona. to avoid saying... Saying his full name, Gvaracelia, as far as, as far as I'm concerned. That's the one. We just call him Gvaradona. We're all Gvarasexual over here. <laughs> um, yes, his goal was, in our opinion, the best one. It was a, a long discussion between his and, of course, Berardi's. What do you yeah, think, bro? Yeah. So I think, I think Gvaras takes the cake for the movement that he had before the mm-hmm. goal and the way that the ball dipped and curled and went in off the, in off the yeah. post. And I think it was more visually aesthetic. Berardi's, although he caught it on a half volley from distance. And it was coming down from like way up. It was a fantastic goal. Take nothing Mm. away from that. I just thought Gvaras was, you know, a little bit more easy on the eye, so to say. Yeah, he took a man on as well. That's too nice to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, Honorable mentions to Ben Asir for his amazing goal against Atlanta. The commentary. What was he saying again? Clean up on aisle three! It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. These Americans, man. <laughs> we'll post something about that on TikTok, which I think we did. I think we posted I it. I went for the Arabic commenta- commentary. Yes, I, over that. Yeah, man, I love Arab commentators. <laughs> Arab commentators, Arabic commentators, when Mbappe scores a goal. No, that's French commentators, yeah, okay. but even the Arabic yeah. ones, to be honest. Yolo! Yolo! Um, shout out as well to Arnautovic's goal, executing yep. some beautiful champagne football over there. The Bologna were amazing. There, they looked like fucking Barcelona. Yeah, Tiki Taka. Yeah, no? Bologna looked good this year, man. But we will get into all of this in a few minutes. But I think it's time we start going through each match day. Let's do it, bro. So the match day, well, this weekend wasn't started off by Atalanta Milan, but this was the first massive encounter between two top seven teams that this season was to see. And coming into this game, Milan had beaten Atalanta on all three previous occasions. Before that, Milan hadn't gotten three points against Atalanta in 10 whole match days. So it's either one way or another, or so we thought, because this match ended 1-1. So... The scoring was opened in the 29th minute by the injured and on the market (laughs) attacking midfielder, the Ukrainian Ruslan Malinovsky. He was totally unmarked outside the area. You do not leave a man like Ruslan Malinovsky and his left foot alone outside the area. He was spotted by Mele and the first time shot took a slight deflection of Kalulu, which was enough to just take the ball a pinch over Manyan. Nothing he could do about it. He was so close yeah. to saving that. I feel like if Kalulu hadn't moved, he blocks it. Oh, I think so, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's I think so. I think see so. him exert himself and it actually works And then works there's the debate him. of who should have been on Malinovsky. Yeah, that me, is the debate. I think it might have been Tonali. Tonali, 100%. Yes. I think it might have been. I don't feel like there was a reason to. Now, of course... You know, this is the layman's opinion. Yeah. But I don't feel like there was um, the need to double mark Duvan Zapata on that point. You Not in that I mean? situation. Yeah. At least cut, keep an eye on Duvan, but cut the passing lane or the shooting lane. You know what thing I mean? thing is, he was double marked when Mele was on the ball. They, were, they must have been anticipating an early cross into the near post. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were man marking him. But once the ball goes to Ruslan, adapt, please. Yeah, fucking hell. 
Yeah, so this is the second time this season in two match days that Milan started the game off 1-0 down. Um, then between the 58th and 66th minute, Milan pretty much replaced all of the players that had a bit of a stinker, let's be real. And that was all of the attacking mm. players. So it was Brahim, Rebic, Messias and Leao out. Rebic didn't really have a stinker, the rest kind of did. Um, the Ketelar, Giroud, Salamakers and Divok Origi all coming on. So we got to see the Ketelar and Origi getting some significant minutes over there. It was, however, then in the 69th minute, the attacking players weren't enough. It was Ismael Ben Nasser that stepped up. He smacked a peach of a strike in off the post after dragging the ball past Coop Miners, leaving Musso rooted to the spot. It was one of those moments for Ben Nasser. He had one last year. I forgot again. So I think Bologna. Was Bologna, yeah. was it? And this time he stepped up again. What a goal by Ben Nasser and what a performance yeah. overall. The man can do it all in midfield. Every single thing you want him to do in midfield, he is capable of doing. I love the man. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's funny to see how Coop Miners always struggles against Milan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets destroyed every time yeah. we, we meet them. Um, ben Nasser had a, an absolute masterclass of a performance. He was the dictator. He was way, way, he looked way sharper than anyone else on the yeah. pitch, in my opinion. A yeah. total standout a performance. A step ahead constantly. Better in every single aspect. Tonali looked a step behind, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, like he's not Just fully fit, which injury. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, Brahim Diaz, Rebic and Messias did deserve to start. Agreed. Because they, they had a good first day. And how do you bench them after you know a performance like that? Well, Brahim with a goal and an assist, Rebic with two yeah. goals. Uh, Messias with the preseason he had, you know, difficult to bench them. So they were they earned their spot, they disappointed, they were replaced. This is the the whole um nature of the game. Yeah. You know, um I think a, a good a good point to bring up is that obviously these guys, if you were to watch the game, you'd be mm. like, okay, they were kind of shit. But what some people, what some casual maybe football fans, people that aren't really into Serie A would have noticed is that Atalanta totally changed their approach coming yes. into this game. They sat much deeper than they normally do. And they understand that Milan do tend to struggle against teams that sit deeper. Why? Because they can cope with Milan's quick transitions their switch in play style, their little one-twos down the wing. They were sat back. They were not conservative, but they were capable of absorbing the pressure just by sitting back a little bit more. Yeah, it's true, bro. Um, I've never seen Gasparini hold the fort like this. Yeah, uh, There was one instance actually last year in a draw against Lazio where they had no players. Oh, remember? yeah, I remember the nil-nil. That, nil. that was the nil-nil. That was the last quarter of the season, I believe. I remember him sitting back in that one. And, and to be honest, I hadn't seen it since. And even when they're, when they're quite thin, they like to attack. But this time, the approach was completely different. And good job on Gasparini, to be honest with you, because he... He did outsmart Pioli in the first half, especially. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like they couldn't cope. Bro, um, a controversial debate right now is on Leao. Okay. Do you think his performance was that bad? I don't think his performance was that bad. I think in the beginning, he was the only one that was managing to get him behind the defense. Mm -hmm. He was literally the only one. Behind Toloi, right? He was getting behind Toloi pretty well. In the final third, sometimes I still believe there were certain instances where perhaps he should have squared the ball. Mm -hmm. Even if there was no one available, you put it there 
and something can happen. He took a couple shots from wide angles that maybe he shouldn't have taken. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he was the man getting into the final third. Yeah. Sure, the quality, the output wasn't there, but still his raw talent is still so significant. And once he maybe doesn't have the best decisions in a game, his skill and his quality there with his natural ability is still enough. Well, not enough, but still enough to kind of bring something to Milan's team going forward when no one else is doing it, he's still capable of getting around his man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. But a totally average performance by him, I would it's say. It's true. Um, he was still the main offensive outlet. Of course, he had four shots. Um, he should have won a red card, in my opinion. Um, the oh, Hans, yeah. Hans Hatteber foul on him. Oh, it was uh, that terrible, was man. Studs up, sliding in. You know, you hear Leo screaming. I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I heard the screen, the scream. I looked at the TV and I expected to see like his leg broken in two pieces. Literally, man. Literally, I was, I was mortified <laughs> when I heard his scream. I've never heard Leo. It was like two screams. Ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, poor guy. But yeah, he's, he's, a a player, yeah. he's a very dangerous player. But speaking of dangerous players, when Milan made those substitutions, one man that significantly fucking stood out is Charles de Catellare, by the way. That's how you say it. It's de Catellare, apparently. Yeah. I did not know that, but he yeah. said in an interview. Apparently, so. it sounds worse, in my opinion. How good does he look, man? In the track artist role, huh? He looks good, yes, In the attacking midfield role. There are talks that Pioli might shift everything to a 4-3-1-2 with um, De Catellare as the... What as would the Leao be a striker? I guess Leao would play as a second striker with Giroud. Um, Rebic would be the alternative to Leao and Origi would be the alternative to Giroud. Yeah, because Origi alongside Leao Oh, yeah. and then doesn't sound like something but I then fancy. it gives you it gives you Tonali Benasser Adli in the middle Tonali Benasser ay caramba and that sounds juicy or even fucking Pobega dog or in Pobega that position well, when they... it comes to balance Pobega might be fucking monstrous over it's there true but there, there, there are also some um, French. There's a French target. I forgot his name. Onana. Onana. Uh -huh. That's he, his he's name. Being linked, Onana. Yeah. That's <laughs> his name. <laughs> the best Onana in Milan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was he was so good the Catalare. I, mean, he, I thought he, he was on. really good the second he came on because he played someone through and then he disappeared. Quite frankly, bro, in my opinion. Eh, not really, man. I don't know, man. Not I, really. I, he had a couple of good passes. He I, he dragged the ball forward very well as well in certain situations. He won a few fouls as mm -hmm. well. I think for the, what, 30 minutes of play, 25 minutes of play that he got, he was fantastic, man. He was really, yeah. really good. I mean, I thought he was okay. You know, I wouldn't say he was fantastic. Um, actually, I'd say that his performance kind of helps Brahim Diaz's case. Because, you know, Brahim Diaz, again was quite invisible. He was hard to notice. And again, apart from that one play where Decatelare played, I forgot who Rebic threw, I forgot who it was. He played mm. someone through. Um I, I don't I don't think he, he did much more bro than that, to be honest with you, man. I think he had a couple of good forward passes. I think he dragged mm. the ball forward well. I think he was mature in his in his like decision making. So much so that Milan fans and interviewers as well were raving about his performance after they brought it up to Pioli. They're like, is he gonna start next time? He's like, look, just let him get used yeah, to his teammates, let him get used to the system a little bit more. As such what he's saying is once that is done, then he's in. He has to you know what exactly I mean? he just needs um as little pressure as possible right now, which is extremely difficult when you're playing 
at Sun Zero, for example, you know, with 80,000 yeah. people watching you and all of fucking the whole world talking about you, you know, Milan draw a lot of attention from the media as well. And it tends to be negative attention. So yeah. I, I bet, you know, two more games without him really asserting himself and they'll start. Mm-hmm. Flop, worst signing of the season. That's <laughs> that shit, you know? Literally. We saw Rigi get a couple of good minutes as well. Yeah, he broke James City's leg, which was lovely to see. <laughs> he was being played out wide, so we didn't really get to see much of him, especially since most of the play, once Leao came out, shifted to the middle and shifted to Salamakers' side, so we didn't get to see much of Rigi going forward. Um, he gave the ball away at some point, and it, uh, it was dumb the way he gave the ball away. It pissed me off a little bit. Um, but otherwise, yeah, and then nothing really to say about Origi's performance yeah. so far. Let's shift to Atalanta a little bit. Sure. Um, Malinowski, obviously, I, I mentioned that he started the game while carrying an injury. He still managed to score, and Gasparini still insists that he's for sale. He says he wants someone to score more than six goals a year. Yeah. Do you think... Atalanta would be making a mistake by offloading Ruslan Malinovsky. So, Atalanta hardly ever make mistakes when it comes to selling players, man. They always seem to get a good markup. They always seem to find adequate replacements. Now, mm. Gasperini saying he wants someone who scores more than six goals a season. Was that just an attempt to rile Malinovsky up to perform better this game, to prove him wrong? That's or, very likely. Or was it a bitter statement to someone who's forcing himself out. I guess time might tell, or it might deceive, quite frankly. But we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, Th- those are those are good points you you bring up, man. I think what you mentioned about them finding adequate replacements. I still think they miss someone like Papu Gomez, man. He course. wants someone to score more than six goals in midfield. Papu Gomez. Stop he squaring was, up with them, man. Was, man. To fucking fight them, he right? had the guy and he was just fucking fighting him. <laughs> Apparently, you remember, he punched him. There was something like he that. Punched Apparently, him it was like an open yeah. fist punch. Yeah. Like It was like kind he of held back, but him, not. Yeah. Oh, fucking weird. That, was, yeah, that he, was a fever dream, man. It was like the Bonucci Allegri one in the Champions League final against Real. You get some of these, man. It's true. Um, one more thing I'd like to mention about Milan, by the way. I know we're going back to Milan. <laughs> but it was Theo Hernandez's last second tackle. Oy, on the break, oy, bro. That oy. was insane. Like, Leo Hernandez, I should have made a note about this is the best left back in the world. Probably, bro. I bro, mean, name, 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 name someone that's kind of better than him. I mean, you think of the shouts, there's Robertson, no, that they Cancelo, talk about. Cancelo, yeah. Robertson. But Cancelo's inverted on the right nowadays, does he count? I don't think so. There is, what's his name as well, the Bayern Munich one? Alfonso Davies. Alfonso but, but again, Davies. Theo Hernandez is just way no. more established than these guys. I think I think Theo literally put him on the biggest stages in the world and he shows you that he's the yeah. best left back in the world. He has grown a lot from two seasons ago, man. That's true. Where he was a blind horse. But now he's a fucking intelligent. He's a horse with the brain of a dolphin. <laughs> That's what Theo Hernandez is. He's become intelligent, man. Yeah. It's... Match day two, so I hope we won't see any of those weird passes at the back or those weird skill yeah, moves at the back. tries to scoop turn at the back and they end up one-on-one. But yeah, he had a fantastic tackle, like But you that's, that's the thing, bro. Right now, you look at Milan's defense, you look at Teo Hernandez, Tomori, Kalulu and Calabria, they're all extremely mobile, which yeah. really suits Milan's play style. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Milan get caught on the break quite a bit because Milan like to hold the ball, yeah. they like to play the ball around, they like to push forward, push numbers up the pitch. So like in match day one, we saw Kalulu's recovery yeah. on De Olefeu, which was amazing. Match day two, we saw Teo Hernandez's. You know, these guys are very mm-hmm. capable, man. And, and we'll see Tomori's and we'll see exactly. Calabria's. And on the break, you know, um, you're not quite clean through when you think you're clean through against Milan. That's true. 
shifting again once back to Atalanta and their defense. It seems like they're going to have some woes moving forward. Like you mentioned, Jim City is now injured. Uh, he pulled something, I believe, no, after he broke. his... He, I think he fractured his leg. His tib- it was no, no, that's, uh, that's Wijnaldum. Yeah, that's Wijnaldum, um, my bad. What's his name? Origi went to shoot the ball. And yeah, he, he kicked the totally back of his leg. Kicked, yeah, he kicked, I think in the shin. He might have kicked him in the shin, Demiral. Uh, not Demiral, sorry, Jim City. And the um, the corner was given, quite frankly, when it was a clear yeah. foul, which was quite funny. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I wish him well. He had a really good game. He's a good defender. He's Jim a very City. good defender, well, Jim yeah. City. Um, Atalanta are going to have to make do without him for the next couple of weeks. And Palomino as well, who's still suspended because he like eats horse tranquilizer for breakfast. Yeah, um, his performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Um, Okoli is the man who should be called upon to replace these people at centre back for Atalanta. Okay. He's a very promising youngster, centre back tall. Um, mm. You know, he has the makings of a good centre back, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll be seeing a lot of him. Yeah. I thought Lukman came on and looked fucking fantastic. I thought he looked so fucking good, man, Lukman. He was scaring the fucking shit out of me. He was really good. Um, strong for his size as well, hard to take the ball off of. Yeah, I think it'll be big for Atalanta moving forward. Lastly, before we move on, is there anyone that deserved to win the game? Um, yes. Yes. Milan, Milan, right? Milan deserved yeah. to win the game. I mean, they had 60% ball possession. They outshot them. But you know what, man? At, at the same time... No, you know, I'm going to say a draw is a fair result, actually. A draw is a fair result because we're mentioning 60% ball possession. But it's because Atalanta took that approach and yes. sat back and it's what stopped Milan. Yes. So it's... It, but then Milan did manage to get 18 shots away. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's tight if it had to stray to one side a little bit more it's probably Milan I think it draws a fair result and they had their chances they had their chances that they missed the header for example there was there was a moment man Pasalic Pasalic is one of my favourite fucking players yeah, same. this guy a long ball is played and it touches literally the touchline the byline sorry yeah and um, Pasalic barely has time to look up he just kicks it like the ball is it's about to go out like he kicks it perfectly crosses into the box and whips it perfectly onto the man's head it was insane. Yeah. Like, how, how is he so good? How does he know where, where everyone is? How much fucking weight to put on the pass? He's a really good player. Man. Yeah, he's got eyes everywhere, Pasalic. And he definitely has the technique to deliver. But yep, that was the first match that we covered, obviously. Atalanta against Milan. 1-1, decent result for both sides when you think about it. But mm. off to the next game. Yes, sir. Um, the next game was Inter 3 Spezia nil. It was a positive result for Inter against the Spezia side who have upset some of the some of the bigger teams in the past, bro, quite frankly. And we saw them upset Milan, we've seen them upset, I believe, Napoli it was as well. Yep. So so this is a very good performance and result by Inter. Interestingly enough, though, um, Inter are unbeaten in all seven of their games against Spezia across all competitions. They've got six wins and one draws, 19 goals scored in the process, and four conceded. I know. Now, there were two changes to the starting 11 from the first game. Bastoni and Dumfries were the two men who were introduced into the fray. Um, Di Marco was deployed at left midfield this time, replacing Gossens. So he oh, wow. moved from left centre back to left midfield. Bastoni started in the spot left by Di Marco and Dumfries started ahead of Darmian. Everything else looked ordinary. Um, 
Spezia lined up with a 3-5-2. Um, they had the pairing of Nzola and Agudelo up front. I like Agudelo. He plays, he seems to play in a different position every time I watch him. Yes, and so. also interesting to see how Jazzy has been completely changed to a, to a wing back right now. It's a bit disappointing. I like him playing closer to goal, but... Um, yeah, he definitely has some has some you know good qualities in front of goal and closer to goal. But but he also has some great physical attributes that make him yeah. good in that position, bro. I just realized that I didn't read out the starting 11s for Atalanta Milan, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's run you through the play-by-play of this one very quickly. It was the 35th minute that Inter managed to open the scoring. It was quite a Tight affair till then. It was uh, Lautaro Martinez with a Lukaku assist after Barella played a long uh, ball to Lukaku over the top, who headed it down to Lautaro, who finished accurately in the bottom left from outside the area. Lula is back. That's what yeah. they're calling Lula, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Uh, they seeing them link up like that brings back so many memories of two seasons ago, man. Yeah, nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chalanoglu was fortunate in the 52nd minute that the ball fell clumsily towards him after Kiwior decided to just clear it into his path and he stroked it past Dragovski, goal 2-0. And in the 82nd minute, Joaquim Correa scored. A through ball was played to Zekon. His touch was quite heavy, um, but his extraordinary technique, quite frankly, made up for it as he managed to get round Dragovski and squared it to Correa, who dribbled, who dribbled his man, tapped it in, and blew Matthew a kiss. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Well done. Uh, 26.5 million. Well, well done, bro. Well done. He had to scoop the ball to the right and finish like <laughs> into an empty net. Come on. <laughs> Spezia's only real chance, bro, came through Strelich in the second half. Um, he found himself at the far post. And to be honest, he should have scored. A much better game by Inter, though, compared to the first one against Lecce. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I think they... They must have faced a better side in Spezia, a side that are more experienced in Serie A, quite frankly, have better players. And yeah, they managed to cruise past them 3-0. Not only did they do that, but they outshot them 19 shots to two. And they dominated possession with 55% possession to 45. Yeah. Inter had one of their high press and high control matches with Brozovic at the, at the heart of it all. They had their two strikers on Top form at a point, Lukaku smacked the post, man. Yeah. He smacked the post. And obviously he had that great assist on, on Martinez. Those guys just have a great understanding. Um, so yeah, Inter, Inter had a, a near-perfect performance against Spets. I, I would agree. Um, the difference, the main difference in my opinion being, um, of course, the introduction of Bastoni, who is not an ordinary centre-back. Mm. Bastoni is a register. Okay. Bastoni is a ball player, man. Bastoni is a playmaker. He can whip a fucking ball, bro. Yeah. And, and this is the point I want to mention. So Lukaku's back, but he's not the same Lukaku, in my opinion. He's heavier, he's slower. Mm. Okay. He's, he doesn't have that like or at least he hasn't shown it, that he can like kick the ball forward and outpace his man. He's certainly yeah. much stronger than the opposition. Um, we've seen that, it's very clear. But it's the way he's being utilized that's very fucking good for Inter right now. They have players like Bastoni, DeMarco, Chalanoglu, Brozovic, and Barella who can all play amazing parts, yeah. right? 
Um, they play them to Lukaku's head and he's either going to go for a goal or knock it down to Lautaro. And yeah. that is a combination that is extremely dangerous for Inter. Agreed. And they can rely on it, in my opinion. Agreed. It's, it's a good game plan. It's, it's a different Lukaku and it's a different system he's playing in as well. You might be deceived by seeing a similar formation that Inzaghi utilizes to Conte back mm. in the day, but it is different. It is a different play style. They're not so focused on a sole man up front. You know what I mean? Mm. Under Conte, Martinez was more of an attacking, not an attacking midfielder, but a secondary striker. And although it's similar under Inzaghi, Lukaku won't be utilized to have the final touch. Mm. It's like Vlaovic at Juve versus Vlaovic at Fiorentina. Is he going to get the tap in? Or is he going to set up the tap-in for Martinez? Because he's going to be at the far post, which is where, I don't know, DeMarco or Dumfries will whip the ball. He gets a head on it, gets it to Martinez, who slots it in. That's kind of what I'm anticipating, which is why I took Lautaro on, on Fanta Calcio. It makes sense. I'm not sure I completely agree with that, though. I, I still think that at the end of the day, the idea is to give Lukaku as much service as possible. But to your point, to your point, Lautaro Martinez is uh, allegedly 100 million euro striker. And if you have 100 million euro striker, you're not going to fucking get him to service someone else all day, every day. You know what I mean? Hence the knockdowns. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe you're right. Maybe on fantasy football, you'll have the top score out of these two, Lautaro or Lukaku. Who do you think scores more this season, Lautaro or Lukaku? I mean, Lukaku would probably be on pens, eh? Yes, Lukaku would probably be well, on pens. Chalanoglu could be on them. They share them, man. I still... Ugh. According to my prediction, it would be Lautaro getting the more goals. Yeah. And I'm going to stick to my guns and say Lautaro will get more goals. However, I obviously would not be surprised if Lukaku outscores him. Yeah. Because, sure, he looks heavy now. But wait until he's running at someone like Romagnoli. Yeah. And, and I think we'll remember that the guy is a powerhouse. Yeah. He, I bet he can't, he's licking his lips waiting to play for it. <laughs> but anyway, um, it isn't every day, bro, that you compliment a goalkeeper who's conceded three, but Drogovsky or Drogovsky, as the commentators <laughs> all call him, Drogovsky. They must all be, say it differently. It must be the correct way, though, because this commentator in particular pronounces names weirdly. And once he was interviewed about it, and he was like, I do my research. He pronounces Szczesny, Sir Szczesny, or mm. something it's like, like, like he's been apparently. Sir <laughs> <laughs> <So> Szczesny, of... <laughs> but anyway. um, yes, Dragovski, bro, probably Dragovski is correct way. Had a brilliant fucking performance, pulling off five very good saves. Oh, he's, he's, he's a good goalkeeper, man. Dragovski, we always say. I think a team like Spezia suits him as well. A team with some some balls. Yeah. I wouldn't exactly use Spezia as a def def demonstration of a team with balls. But I'd say sure. individually, their players have big balls, man. Individually. Explain yourself. I think they're, they're a rough side to face. Ah, I, think, okay. I think they don't shy away from they're, a challenge. They're street smart, man, these guys. Right? Mm. That's what, uh, yeah, yeah. Big balls, street smart, I guess that's the same thing. So, shall we move on? We can move on. Yes, the next game we're going to be covering is Napoli 4 Monza nil, an absolute walkover by Napoli. So it wasn't even a football match, it was a party. Literally, literally. Um, so Napoli had the new signings, Raspadori and Simeone and Ndombele on the bench, but stuck with the same 11 that beat Verona 5-2 in the season opener, um, which was Meret, Lorenzo, Ra sorry, Di Lorenzo, Rahmani, Minje and Rui forming the back line. Zielinski, Lobotka, Anguissa in the midfield, Gvara, Osimen and Lozano as the front three. Um, Andrea Petania faces former teammates, 
moving to Monza just over a week ago. Um, Pessina was not fully fit, so he didn't start the match alongside Mari, Augusto and Mota Carvalho. Um, so it was Di Gregorio on goal with Santos, Ranocchia and Carboni forming the back three. Brindelli and Alessandro being the two wing-backs with Ranocchia, Barberis and Sensi in the midfield. Caprari and Petania up front. So it was in the 35th minute that Gvara curled a rocket in off the post from distance. Nothing any goalkeeper in the league could have done about that. This is the goal that we covered in our intro. What a goal yeah, by Gvara. In the 46th minute, just on the stroke of halftime, Ozzyman scored. It was a quick counter-attack by Napoli, which ended with an Anguissa through ball to Ozzyman, who used his pace and finished through the legs of Di Gregorio. This was some beautiful play by Napoli. It was Anguissa to Ozzyman, Ozzyman utilizing some pace over there. And then from a tight angle, man, the way he'll be traveling at that pace, at a tight angle, he manages to get that power and that precision on his shots is ridiculous. In the 62nd, Gvara got his second of the night as he sent Antov to the land of yogurt with a fake shot and finished into the far corner. I thought it was Ran Nokia. Didn't he spin Ran Nokia? Because someone was saying that, like, like remember, um, even Petania feels fast against Ran Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he fainted Antov and Antov went sliding through. Ah, could, could have been. I, I thought it was uh, Ran Nokia from the first time I saw it. The land of yogurt, by the way, is Bulgaria, which is his homeland. And oh. Bulgaria is the homeland of yogurt, if you're wondering. Really? Yes. Okay, I had no idea. Exactly. How do you know that? Because I Google funny things about Bulgaria. <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast and I need to fucking make jokes. Hey, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm sure everyone got that, bro. (laughs) I'm sure people crash their cars laughing. (laughs) For all the Bulgarians. He said yogurt. (laughs) He said yogurt. Yogurt. You pronounce some things weirdly. Okay, give me some examples. Yogurt. Mm -hmm. Scollops. Okay. That's it. Okay. Something. Like you say scallops. So yogurt, I was told off at St. Martin's for saying yogurt once. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it was Mr. Miss Vicky. <laughs> Miss Vicky had told me off for saying was she an yogurt. Um, I don't remember what Miss Vicky used okay. to. Miss Vicky never even taught me. She just used to see me in the hall and then like, we used and to be together. One day we were like, fuck me, there's something with yogurt. Ah, literally, no, no, yogurt. No, literally, literally, literally. Mm-hmm. And, and she said it's pronounced yogurt. Like it's, it's we speak, we speak English. Mm-hmm. Not not American English. It's like American English is yogurt and English English is yogurt. I don't know, man. And scallops, I literally heard the word scallop or scallop for the first time when I was in Scotland. And they pronounced it scallops. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, it was a fine dining restaurant, five red star hotel. I'll take their word for it. Sure. Petania scored a brilliant headed goal against his former side just over just under a week after joining. But it was disallowed because he let bro, he pushed Rahmani to the ground. <laughs> yeah. bro, you see, it's such an effortless push, but Rahmani goes flying into yeah. the ground, Very absolutely face planting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 92nd minute, Kim scored his first goal after he headed in after a Zielinski corner. Yes. So Napoli were great all round, bro. Obviously winning 4 0 against Monza. We wrote in our predictions, we think that Monza won't stand a chance against Napoli because Monza are very static when it comes to their defensing and their defensing. Their defense and they're kind of immobile, whilst Napoli are the opposite going mm-hmm. forward. Did this play out the way you thought it would? 
So I think right now is the best time to play Monza. I do think they'll get better as the yeah. season progresses, but mm-hmm. right now they're still figuring things out. They have a bunch of new names over here. They're trying to make it click and it's clearly difficult for them at the moment. Um, so I think this was always going to be a win for Napoli. Um, did, was I surprised by anything? Not Okay, of course, I'm surprised by how easily Kim and Gvaracelia have actually mm. settled. Um, you know, they've both, they're both. So they've shown Gvara, the yeah, Gvara has scored with his left foot, his right foot and his head. Yeah. Kim has looked dominant at the back and he's actually got a goal for himself as well as that's going to help his confidence. Yeah. Zielinski, who's meant to be playing a very important role, mm. has been actually doing very well. He got two assists Agreed. this game, a goal in the other game, you know. So, so everything's sticking. Lobotka was the Ruiz repl- replacement. Everything's sticking for them. They had a few good fixtures for them. Now we'll see if they can do it against the good teams. Huh? Agreed. Um, I would be surprised if they completely flopped against the good teams at the rate mm. they're going. But remember, it's still early. Last season, lots of started similarly to this. Yeah, literally. Can Napoli cope with someone putting pressure on them, with a big team putting pressure on them, be it Inter, Milan, Roma, for example? Can they cope with that? Because we've seen them going forward. Now, you mentioned Kim being dominant. Mm -hmm. Now, sure, against Monza, Kim was dominant. Sure, up against Petania Capri, who really didn't see much of the ball. Of course, he was. Against Verona and then, who have... Lasagna and Henri up front and more quality in the midfield. Napoli were a bit fragile at times, yeah. conceding two goals against a Verona that are a shadow of what they were last year. So Napoli look great, they look excellent, they look fluid, they look dynamic, they look great going forward. Can they defend now? That's the question. They did fucking lose their leader at the back in mm, Koulibaly yes, Rahmani needs to step up in that centre back mm. role it will be interesting to see them up against Vlaovic yes. up against Giroud up against Leao up against Lukaku Lautaro but it bro, will be very interesting imagine okay so first of all um, their main weakness at the back in my opinion no, I, I think it's um, the opinion of the world is Mario Rui. <laughs> course, no, yeah, he's, he's the weakness at the back. Yeah. Um, they have Oliveira who's coming to replace him, and I, I bet we'll be seeing him sooner rather than later. Now, imagine Navas does come in. If Navas comes in and he's organizing this defense, he becomes the leader at the back. And we're talking about a player here with champ- a Champions League winner, a player who has played Multiple with the best. Dude, exactly. three. Uh, yeah. A player who has played at the fucking highest level leading the back line. So that's a massive character coming in to replace a massive character. Yeah. An even bigger character coming in to replace a big character. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. A winner, bro. A yeah. winner. He's, he's performed fantastically on the largest stages of the Champions League in the World Cup. Bro, yeah. he was fucking insane in the World Cup as well. At PSG, he should be benching Donnarumma. And I say that with no animosity towards Donnarumma whatsoever, but he should be fucking benching him. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that can change their back line. Very true. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. It'll be interesting to see them getting attacked. Napoli play who next? They play a big Fiorentina. 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 Ugh, we'll okay. get into Fiorentina soon. We'll get into yes, Fiorentina soon. But it's already a bit of a test. Say a spotlight slip, baby. Baby. Um, oh, we forgot to plug in the sickness, the money. Oh, yeah. We only do it when we win. Uh, it, nice. nice. Uh, that, that, that was yeah. the plan from the get go, guys. Who is the best striker in the league, in your opinion? Okay. Um, po- uh, uh, ah, so it's between Vlaovic and Ozyman. Okay. It's definitely between Vlaovic and Ozyman. 
I would say the style of play that Napoli play suits their man way better than Juve's, suiting okay. Vlaovic. For that reason, I will say Ozyman is the best striker in the league at the moment. Forget style. If you had a team, who are you putting there? Probably Vlaovic. Really? Probably Vlaovic. Okay. Look, Vlaovic is, is amazing, right? Of course. Um, he, his touch is phenomenal. Next level, he had two goals against Tempoli last season. The touch, the first touch on both goals, like one was better than the other. It was, it was music the way he fucking yeah. took the ball down. Um, he's very good. He's a lethal finisher. Of course, he has the ability to turn and shoot suddenly. You don't even see it coming. Like His and, movement of the yeah, ball. Of the, very we'll get into this as well. But like, he is incredibly intelligent yes. of the ball. Ozyman too, and Ozyman has that pace. For that me though, well. yeah, this is my, I asked this question because I, I believe that Ozyman is the best striker in the league. Okay. Simply because you can give Ozyman the ball at the halfway line with no support and he'll fucking charge, bro. He'll oh, start yeah. charging and he'll, he'll take his men on. He'll dribble his shoot from tight angles. You know what I mean? He's a menace. Yes. He's an absolute menace. 100%. He's good in the air. He commits himself. He throws himself in 50-50s face. Right? He doesn't give a fuck. He I doesn't give a fuck what happens to his face. He doesn't care about his body, man. He doesn't. It's it's terrifying to see him. But to see, like, imagine having that guy against you, man. Like no, 50, 50 and he's fuck putting that. his face fuck where that. your knee is. I'm 5'9 and 59 <laughs> pace at most. Like. <laughs> 59? You think you're 59 pace? I guess 59. No, my stamina would be 3 and then, but... but you think you're faster than Zlatan? No way. Is that, no, you think you're faster than Shiro? No, 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 no. Dude, you no, and I, we, realistically, we're 30. like seven pace. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think. For me, Ozyman, your, the best. Your in, point in is fantastic. Yes, Ozyman can make a shit team better because he's not only good in the final third, but he, through his movement, through his pace, through his strength, through his, him being an all-rounder up front, he does make teams better. I think Vlaovic is better in the final third. I think mm -hmm. if a cross comes in, whether it's a volley, a header, a chest down to a volley, I will choose Vlaovic in that situation. Sure. If it's a penalty, I would choose Vlaovic. If it's a free kick, I would choose Vlaovic. Vlaovic is also great with his runs of the ball. Probably as good as Ozyman. He's very, very quick as well. He's very fast, he has great acceleration. Vlahovic. Mm -hmm. It's just right now we're not fucking seeing it, bro. Yeah, we're not seeing we'll, it. We'll get to you, Vlahovic. We'll get into that. I'm fucking frustrated, yeah. but it's a tight one. I say Vlahovic nicks it, but definitely okay. through the style of play, Osimhen is backed up by his team 100%. Let us know what you think. Okay, so we've addressed Napoli quite a bit. They look great, but we want to see how they can do against tougher opponents. Monza, on the other hand, bro, have looked dreadful. But, on the other hand, they're the polar opposite of Napoli because they face Torino and Napoli. Mm. Not fair, eh? They started the season yeah, playing the, those guys. They had a tough start. It's they play, if they play Lecce, if they play Salernitana, if they play Spezia, could you see them getting something out of those games now, like? Mm. Um, I think they look like the worst team in the league right now. Same. I mean, they could get something out of the Cremonese game, maybe. <laughs> but um, I think it would be difficult. Maybe Cremonese look quite good. They need, to, they need to settle. Monza need time. That's all they need. Time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shall nice. we? Yes, we shall. Moving on to the next game between Sampdoria and the Juventus, oh. which ended in a nil-nil draw. Now, 
Sampdoria continue to build on their impressive performance against Atalanta, bro. Um, they played really well that game, they in did. my opinion. And they, they had did. a goal probably ruled out mistakenly, in my opinion. Perhaps. And Juve, um, their creativity concerns remain, huh? Oh, 100%. We'll, we'll talk about that. No. Stop it, like. Juve, prior to this, had been on a six-game winning streak against Sampdoria. So this is this is a bit of a slap in the face, a bit of a wake-up call for yeah. them. Um, their last draw against Sampdoria came in 2014. It was 1-1. The goals were scored by Gabbiadini and Evra. Patrice? Patrice, baby. Fucking hell. Yeah, remember with you? Remember yes. Random, random cameo. <laughs> Take us through the play-by-play, bro. Yeah. So the play-by-play. <laughs> in the 65th minute, there was, a, there was a goal, actually. It was a Rabiot goal. Rincon, his brain must have switched off or something. He was dispossessed by Miretti, who had just come on. We'll talk about these youngsters. They actually changed. Uh-huh. Maybe you want to go to the starting 11. I let's, don't know, bro. Sure, sure. Let's do that, actually, very okay. quickly. Um, Juve lined up with a 4-3-3. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sandro, Bremer, Rugani, and Danilo at the back with Perrin in goal. Rabiot, Locatelli, and McKenny in midfield. Basically, three versions of the same player. <laughs> Kostic on the left, Quadrado on the right, and Vlaovic in the middle. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Sampdoria had Audero at the back, Berezinski on the right, Augello on the left, and the centre back pairing of Colli and Ferrari. Colle. Yeah. Vieira was the, the holding midfielder on his own over there with Juricic on the left and Leris on the right, Sabiri and Rincon in the middle and Caputo up front. Facts. In a 4-1-4-1 formation. Yep. Okay, now, um, as I was saying, the 65th minute, yes, Rincon was dispossessed by Miretti, who played a lovely ball to Dusan Vlaovic. He spun Colli and played it to Rabiot. Rabiot scored, but of course, Dusan Vlaovic was in a an offside position upon receiving the ball. Yeah. The best opportunity for Juve came for Kostic at the far post. Uh, he fired directly at Audero. The best one for Samp was Leris. Did you did you see this game? I watched this game. Uh-huh. Which one was it of Leris again? Oh my God. Sabiri gets the ball on the left side, like just further from the halfway line. And he plays like a curling through ball on the floor. And it, fuck, he, he destroys Bremer with the pass, splits the defense completely, and Larry ends up one-on-one with Perrin and forces Perrin ah, into an amazing save. That ah, pass ah. by Sabiri, bro, was would have been the assist of the fucking yeah. game, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Amazing it was. But yes, the goal was disallowed, of course. Um, let's let's get into my, my talking points, bro. So at one point, um, you know Matteo Bonetti? Yes. He's, a, for those who don't know, he's a commentator and a pundit. Um, he's very active on Twitter and he often speaks his mind, which is quite refreshing to see. Um, he highlighted Allegri's octagon setup. He posted a screenshot of, of one of the moments where you can literally see all the players in an octagon shape of Juve with absolutely no one in the middle. There was no midfield. <laughs> there was no plan. Vlaovic had three touches in the first half, one of them being a clearance onto his own post from a corner. There was a heat map that was posted, not a heat map, a p- the well, touches, when he had significant touches. Like I'm not sure how accurate this was, but he, his average position was behind Perrin. I'm assuming it's because he, he was defending corners exactly. more than getting the ball up front. Ma. He could have got a goal, Vlaovic, and, and I'm confident he could have got a goal. When Quadrado broke through ah, after dispossessing ah, yeah. a player and he decided to, to shoot. shoot with his fucking left instead of instead of squaring it to Vlaovic was wide open yep. very selfish by him he was wearing the captain's armband that's no example to lead by and then he had the fucking audacity to yeah. complain after to wave him yeah. off like exactly to be like hey what the fuck like I, I did the right thing like no you didn't and I'm sure you know you didn't yeah 
Um, yeah. What do you think, bro, about Allegri's system right now? They made good signings. No, Bremer, Di Maria. These guys are good signings. Pogba. Why is the will the midfield forever be a problem for Juve, man? So Juve's last signings, correct, have been fantastic. Di Maria, Bremer, fucking Pogba, Vlaovic, Zakaria, Kostic. Those are their most recent signings. Great signings, right? Now, in the first match against Sassuolo, Juve looked great. They looked fantastic. Sure, Sassuolo looked rubbish, mm. but... Di Maria was very inspiring. He was linking up with Vlaovic well. Juve looked quite fluid. Sure, their midfield still didn't look great, but there was a lot of work being done by the wingers. That being said, the system that Juve played in this match was embarrassing. It was hilarious. I noticed, once seeing the starting 11 already, Rabiot on the team list. Lining up with McKenny and Locatelli. Rabiot was super close to joining United. Allegri was happy to let him go. And he benched Miretti, he benched Fagioli, and he benched Rovella so he can start Rabiot. Not giving a fuck about the young talent. None of them are loaned out. He's kept them all and he's going to let them rot on the bench. Two. That's number one. Number two. Sure, they're thin, but... Aren't Quadrado and Kostic wingbacks and they're up there playing alongside Vlahovic in the attacking roles? There's, a there's no wonder the man gets no fucking service, man. <laughs> there's true. no wonder. There, there's absolutely zero creativity about this. It's true. He had two uh, defenders essentially playing wingers. He had three midfielders who have very similar qualities, as you're saying. Um, it's not the fact that he started Rabiot that I have a, a problem with, bro. It's the fact that he played, again, three midfielders who have exactly the same qualities. I feel like Miretti should have probably been introduced earlier or maybe even got the start, man. You know, there, there's nothing. There's no creativity. They, they, there was a meme recently. You remember the Simpsons movie where oh, how it funny. was Mexico against USA yeah. and the game kicks off and they're just passing it from one player to the next player to the next player. Well, it's not even that because they had so many dispossessed passes. Mm. They had so many bad passes. They gave the ball away so much. Yes, it's true. It was, it was a dreadful display by the bro. I was watching it after finishing prepping for mm -hmm. the podcast. It was after kickboxing, so fair enough, I was already tired. I was watching the game, trying not to fall asleep. When Samp had the ball, I was a little bit excited. Mm -hmm. But then when you were on the ball, bro, they posed no threat. No mm -hmm. threat whatsoever throughout the entire game. Yes, it's... It's a combination of a lack of courage, bro, lack of ambition from the coach, lack of fucking midfielders, no playmaking, no vertical yeah. passes, nothing, bro, absolutely nothing. Let's shift the focus a little bit to Sampdoria. Um, so Perin had a great display. I think Audero had an even better display. He had a good yeah. performance over here, pulled off a few good saves. Mm -hmm. um, I was really impressed by Omar Colli, man. Uh, same, same. I was going to mention Colli. Mm -hmm. Colli keeps on being season by season. One of Sampdoria's greatest players. Yeah. You know, um, bro, whatever happened to Maya Yoshida? Maya Yoshida is currently in Germany, I believe. Playing is he? In Germany, yes. Okay. Uh, or Turkey, either Turkey or Germany. I'm okay. not sure if he's we'll in Schalke. Or, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Koli, Koli has been a long they've, servant of Sampdoria. He's they've been improved great. now with Yoshida leaving, it has to be said. Like the... 
they would get absolutely destroyed in the air with Yoshida it's playing true. at the back. It's no, true. that's that's what I feel like they they try to do this game. They're like, all right, we'll put Quadrado on the right, he'll cross it in, put Kostic on the left, he'll cross it in, mm. Vlavic in the middle, he'll beat these guys in the air. Like, no, he didn't, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly. It's true. So it's yes, true. Um, so it's Koli who was, who was very good. Sabiri, Caputo, Juricic are a very interesting kind of dynamic three over there. Yeah. My opinion. No, no, no. It's 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 different <laughs> to see yeah. by 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 some. Firstly, Sabiri is wow. Mm-hmm. Sure, he had a few disappointing shots mm-hmm. in this in this game. The commentators like, there's another one. There's another one. More often international. Like like he kind of has that. He has a bit of Jurai Kuchka sometimes in his yeah. shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, the wayward. Mm-hmm. But but he dominates that midfield area mm. for Sampdoria. They're, they're creative outlets. Ever since they lost Kandreva and Sensi, they had Sensi, no, last season as well. They still have him. He hasn't played. No, Sensi is at Monza now. Oh, shit, you're right. They had him on loan. Yeah, they had exactly. him on loan in the Trequartista role. And, uh, exactly. And now they have Ronaldo Vieira. <laughs> exactly. A combination of two amazing players. So their outlets since they lost Sensi and Kandreva have essentially been Sabiri. I think Caputo yes. has looked quite alive, quite lively mm-hmm. up front. And I think Quagliarella has looked decent. Caputo yeah, man, there. honestly, he's come on and almost scored in both games. Literally. Honestly, literally. Th- 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 there's a stat of Berardi. Um, currently, as it stands, only Berardi and another guy, shit, who was it, have scored in, the lo- in each of the last 10 seasons in say. Uh, um, who the hell was it? it was, Last 10 seasons? Yes. It was Berardi, along with Bonaventura. Dude. Oh, okay. Fair enough. If, wow. if Quagliarella scores this season, he will join them as well. This is since 2013, 2014. Of course, Quagliarella has been scoring before that, to be fair to him. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's, a, there's a quote, bro, I would like to, to highlight over here, because it's actually, it's comedy, bro. It's pure comedy. Allegri, at the end of the game, was, was questioned. Mm-hmm. They asked him, like, hey, what's going on? Like, uh-huh. Where are your midfielders? <laughs> what's, what's, what's this? Like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> And he said, talking about formations makes me laugh, man. So football is a very simple game. You get the ball and you pass it to the people wearing the same shirts as you. He actually, wow. that's a quote, word for word, translated. So IFTV so, posted that and I commented, then why do you give the ball away so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this were the team I supported, my, my manager came out that's and said that. So I'd, I'd be score, that's what you have to do. You have to score. But you can tell now he's just mocking the media at this point, like trying to take off from the pressure, trying to take away from it. Or maybe trying to just take away from the team and put some pressure on himself. So once you've got rid of um, Allegri, I see him having his most success with mid-table teams, looking to break into, or, or like the Sampdorias looking to be a top 10 team. Torino looking mm. to be a top 10 team, although Torino don't fucking need him at all. I see but that. I see him being a, a great mid-table manager, like really? a shithouse. Because he, he has a very classic I style. I think he's too established to, to stoop. I, I think he'll go for like a, an Italian national team role one day. Oh, that's such a move he'd make. Ugh, yeah. I would not watch Italy. <laughs> he was the manager, man. He's actually a terrorist. He used the word terrorist and I agree with you. Yes, a bit. Uh, there's this quote, bro. You either die a hero or you see yourself, or you, sorry, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I absolutely butchered that. And it's a very well known <laughs> quote. Uh, <laughs> you either die the hero 
Yes. Or you lift a fight another day. <laughs> or too many cooks. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's exactly what's happening with Allegri right now, man. Um, he was a hero at Juve, all yeah. those fucking Scudetti back to back. He left on a high, man. He left on a high, he came back and... Yeah, yeah, struggling. Uh, it's it's that, you know, Juve parted ways with Allegri looking to break into a more modern style of play and, you know, move on and just improve and have a new a breath of fresh air with them. They failed to do that with Sarri and they failed to do that with Pirlo, or maybe they didn't give either of them enough time, to be quite frank. And they pussied out and they got Allegri back to safeguard results, halting their progression entirely by playing this dreadful, boring, annoying football. It has to be said, once they get Di Maria back in, once they get Chiesa back in, they will make Allegri's life a little bit easier because they can carry the ball forward and they can be quite creative themselves. Juve do have quite a few injuries. Yes. True, bro. Um, there is not much else left to say about this game. I think we should just move on, quite frankly. Sure thing. The next game we're going to be covering is Roma 1, Cremonese 0. So it was Mourinho against Alvini. So Roma lined up with their classic 3-4-2-1 formation. It was Patricio on goal with a backline of Ibania, Smalling and Mancini. Wingbacks in Spinazzoli and Karsdorp with Pellegrini and Cristante in the middle. Zaniolo on the left, Dybala on the right and Tammy Abraham down the middle against a team with Radu in goal. <laughs> Aibu, Kirikes and fuck me, I, this is the second week in a row I have to pronounce this. Lashoskvili at the back. <laughs> Gilione and Valeri out wide with Askaki Bar and Ticket <laughs> in the middle. Zanimakia in the attacking midfield role with Dessers and Okareke up front. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. So Roma warmed up wearing Jorginho Vinaldum shirts after he fractured his tibia during a training session, um, but fielded the same 11 that beat Salernitana 1-0, whilst Cremonese made numerous changes, which is why I couldn't pronounce half of them, after their 3-2 defeat against Verona. So, Zaniolo was tackled cleanly by Lacho, Lacho, <laughs> by Lach. But fell awkwardly onto his shoulder. Um, initially, people seemed to think, the media seemed to think that he dislocated his shoulder. Um, and after several minutes of treatment, the Italy international was stretched off. Mourinho was emotional on the yeah. touchline, saying yet another player. At the time, he thought, you know, fuck me. Now yeah, I have going two guys. On, now, he seems close to the player. Seems like it's a cute little yeah. relationship between them. But it seems like Zaniolo will only be out for three weeks because he tweeted for those of y'all that yeah. wish it would be longer. See you in three weeks. Okay. <laughs> Yo, for all you people that said I never amount none. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> fuck. Three weeks. Three oh, weeks. That's it. It's all right. Can you pour me a glass, please? Of course, bro. Thank you. Um, in the 65th minute, Smalling got the only goal in the game after he headed in from a Pellegrini corner, which was totally unmarked. Bro, in the last minute, Pickle smacked the post from a half volley from distance. It was an unbelievable attempt. And before that, I also need to highlight that Dessers 
had a couple of crazy attempts as he well. He also hit the post now. This is hit the yeah. post as well. With I'll tell you, Roma lucked out here. That dipping, the dipping shot. We'll get into that. Um, so far, Roma, unlike Napoli, well, same as Napoli rather, sorry, they faced Salernitana, who battled relegation last year, and newly promoted Cremonese. So like Napoli, they faced, in inverted commas, easy sides, mm-hmm. so to say. One would expect that with the squad they've got, they'd have their fucking shooting boots on. Yes. They had, so they created chances, a myriad of chances they created. Yeah. They were fucking going for it, but they just couldn't score. They were quite unlucky. But you know what, man? You keep creating chances, the goals will come. And once again, this is a team that needs to gel still. The baller needs to get used to his fucking surroundings. You know what I mean? Granted, many of the names are, are actually quite familiar, but, but I do believe that the goals will come and Celic eventually will I think start instead of Karsdorp mm. I think Karsdorp has that Hatteber effect now the three lungs the three lungs and nothing else <laughs> that's it you just endless energy down the flank which is an asset Probably. to, to oh, most teams, especially a three at the back team mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I think that they'll improve significantly I think I think they will improve but it is quite concerning that now sure I mean you said that they need to gel a bit better um, at the end of the day, right now, Debal is the only new name on the team sheet. Sure, it's not just a player, it's an entire system that changes once you bring in someone like Debala, especially with Pellegrini in that role, Zaniolo and Debala being the main focus. Zaniolo is in a new role too, huh? sorry to interrupt. Yes, yes, it's it's closer, much closer yeah. to the striker. But he was kind of aha. Uh-huh. Last season he was being utilized as a striker quite a bit mm-hmm. with two with two men up front. Yeah. So it's it it is a new system. One would still hope that that these guys could get more goals though at the end of the day because they if they're, they're getting in the they're getting in the position. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But it's been a bit disappointing watching their opening two matches. But I you, have to admit, I can't say I'm disappointed because um, at the end of the day, this is a Mourinho team. This is a team that will that will win. Maybe not in the sexiest way, but they'll win. You know, kind of like Mourinho has a similar kind of philosophy to Allegri, of course, who this is a type of philosophy that when it doesn't work, you're fucking criticized. When it works, you're praised. You're mm-hmm. a god. When it works, you're a fucking mm-hmm. loser when it doesn't. And with Mourinho right now, it's working. Um, and it has worked in the past. <laughs> so I'm fucking winning the fucking Champions League with Porto, this guy. Yes. You know what I mean? With, using this exact philosophy. It can. It can very much work. And it probably will work in the future as like you're saying the team grows more into the system they gain some confidence they go on a run they go on a good role but at the end of the day what I'm trying to say is last season mm-hmm. we used to criticize Roma because they'd win one nils and they'd score from set plays yes what happened in this match but no it, against Cremonese it wasn't criticism it was more like just highlighting how boring it's predict- boring. predictable it became. Uh-huh. Yes, it's boring, but yeah. they are creating more chances. Yes, Much and they more. will, and they will get them. But fact of the matter is, right now, they haven't taken that step up yet. That's Only true. two match days in, but the step up isn't quite there yet. I That's thought true. it would be more instantaneous. I thought we'd see, I don't know, Dybala curling one into the top corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought we'd see Zaniolo being able. To finish when he's inside the box on his favorite foot. Roma play Juve next. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So that's, oh that's my, a, that's, <laughs> that's that's a fucking nil nil, bro. That's, a, <laughs> that's our perfect score. Nil nil. Perfect score, nil nil. <laughs> no, it's likely. Yeah, it it could be. It could be. Um. So aside from that, do you think the gap that we spoke about was still there for Roma? Ah, at the back uh, between Cristante Pellegrini, Smalling, Abanez, yes, and Mancini. Yes, bro. I think it was very much still there. I agree. Uh, but but we'll see, man. If they manage to sort that out, it seems like I'm shitting on Roma. Yeah. Well, I am, but I have a lot of faith in the team, and I do think that they're gonna do better moving forward. I just feel like they have a lot to work on, like most teams in the first two opening mm. matches of the season. I think Roma, for the amount of hype that was there, they're not quite there yet. But Adrade, they have a slow start where they still get six points in two games at the end of the day, and then they start gaining more confidence and they keep getting the three points throughout. You know what I mean? You know what so, they say, bro? Mm. Rome wasn't built in a day. There you go, bro. That's beautiful. Thanks, man. Fucking hell. <laughs> now, question. I've been seeing some serious praise for... Stop looking. I've been seeing some serious <laughs> praise <All right. laughs> for Pellegrini. Mm. And he deserves it. Yes. He's versatile, he's good with the ball at his feet, he's good at tackling, he's good from dead ball situations. Is Pellegrini A, the best midfielder in Italy? B, the best Italian midfielder in Italy? Or C, the best Italian midfielder? Hmm. They're right here, if you want to revisit them. Yes, please. So he's not the best midfielder in Italy. Okay. He's one of them. Who but is the best midfielder in Italy? He's got a lovely moustache. <laughs> Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. Ah, okay, okay. Ben Asser, in my opinion, might he's be there. the best midfielder in Italy, man. He's um, there, he's there. But I think Milinkovic-Savic is the agreed, best Agreed, agreed, agreed. By, by some yeah. distance. The best Italian midfielder in Italy. Maybe. Maybe. Who else? I mean... There's Locatelli? No. No, there, there is Tonali, I guess, but no. Barella, Barella, bro. Ooh. Barella's the best Italian midfielder in Italy. Okay. And the best Italian midfielder is Verratti. So he's the third best Italian midfielder. Okay, so he's none of the above. He's none of the above, saying. bro. So it's D, that's a fraud. <laughs> no, he's a fucking fantastic player, but he's, I don't think... I'd say he's the best mid- Italian midfielder in Italy. I think he takes the cake over Barella. Barella. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh-huh. I, don't, I, think, I, I think, don't think so. I think he's more consistent than Barella. I don't think so. I think he has more output than Barella. You're full of shit, bro. Definitely <laughs> not, bro. Barella is a fucking phenomenal player, man. As much as it of pains me to say is. it. Of course he's a phenomenal player. They're both phenomenal players. Yeah. But Pellegrini is so much more of an all-rounder than Barella. He has so much you more think technique, so, like, so much think more for, skill to him. Look, uh, again, I, I think that Pellegrini is better than Barella if, they're playing clo- if he's playing closer to goal. Mm. But in that fucking, for example, put him in a double pivot or, uh, you know, when I'm in a midfield three, I know who I want. I take Barella all day, every day, man. For balance. You know, Barella's a workhorse, box to box. Can win the ball, can play the ball, can have a shot. Individually. Who's the better player? Individually. Fuck their systems. Fuck the, fuck the balance in the midfield. You have these two against each other. You need, you need to pick one. You need to pick one. Barella. Okay. I choose Pellegrini. Okay, that's fine. That's okay. Fine. All right. I wish we okay, could see them fight to the death now. To the <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> What's Pickle's surname, by the way, bro? Rick. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, so what I have to say about Cremonese is that their mature side with glimpses of explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Dessers and Pickle, who both hit the post, are very dangerous, including Okereke. Yes. That is how I would sum up Cremonese. Is that not bang on? I would say it's bang on, sure. Perfect. Let's go. I, I'm a fan of Gillione as well, by the way. Gillione is good. Gillione is good. He marauds down the flank. And didn't Radu have a really good game as well? Radu. And he had a good game last game. Radu. Uh, that's until the 90 something minutes. We have to praise this guy simply because of his mental health as well. Um, <laughs> I hope you're listening, Radu. He had an amazing fucking performance. 10 10. 10 saves, bro. Wow, wow. That's we not were. a joke, Anna Game. Wow, wow, we were. Absolutely standout performer, man of the match for me. Agreed. Uh, yeah, probably. Aha. Uh-huh. Man of the match. For man sure. of the match, Radu. Round of applause for Radu. Okay. Excellent. Now. I think we can move on to the next game. I'm enjoying our anniversary so far, bro. Hey, it's fun. It's, it's very fun. romantic. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> um, Torino nil, Lazio nil. Vanya Milinkovic Savage comes out as the superior Milinkovic Savage and the Milinkovic Savage derby. <laughs> Excellent. Juric continues to show that he can turn water into wine, my brother. 100%. Juric is my god. This was a fucking bet, bro. Four draws in a row between these sides. This was the first time it happened Ah, since between 1976 and 1977. such a missed one. Yeah. So first time since the 70s that this has happened. Um, The lineups were quite cool, man. I I like these two teams, man. I'm a really big fan of Torino and Lazio. I'm I'm not a massive fan of, to be be honest. I always talk to you about why I don't really like Uh watching them play. But they have an attractive lineup. They're they're a sorry team that I'm not too fond of watching. Mm. But anyway, so Vanya... (laughs) Vanya. Vanya Milinkovic-Savic was in goal for Torino with a back three of Ricardo Rodriguez, Bongiorno and Gigi. Olaina on the left, Singo on the right, Linetti and Ricci as the double pivot with Radonjic and Vlasic playing behind Sanabria up front. Um, Provadel was in goal for Lazio, Lazzari on the right, Marisic on the left, Romagnoli and Patrick um, as the centre-backs. Vesino, Cataldi and Milinkovic-Savic in the middle, poor Milinkovic-Savic has to put up with those two numpties. Anderson on the right, Zaccagni on the left, and the Mobile up front. Is it not mad that just Ek Luis Alberto isn't starting? I mean, he's he's transfer listed. That's it, and we'll see. You know, if Sarri eventually gets sacked, might happen. Not saying it will, but it might. Um, he's I the first name on the team sheet. First name on the team sheet, exactly. I mean, we salvage Luis Alberto in the middle together. I can't believe Cataldi's playing instead of him. Like, and even Vecino. Hey. More than Cataldi, Vecino. Vecino. He benches Vecino, yeah. What is going on? Like, you have to be nuts to play Vecino instead of, instead oh, of man. Yeah, Alberto. You have to be on the brink of death. Yeah. <laughs> How can you? must have lo- Like, you just don't give a fuck at that point. You have no oxygen to your brain if you're doing that. How can Inzaghi utilize... Savage and Luis Alberto for so long and have such great success with them. He won the Coppa Italia with them. Sari comes in and says, ah, they don't work together. Ah, uh, okay. no, Luis Alberto has to go. No, we're selling to Sevilla. Like, what? what's going on, man? You're fucking taking the piss. And then man. when he brings him on, he brings him on in the, 86, in the 82nd minute to replace Sergei Milinkovic-Savage. 
at least he's remaining consistent in his, in his opinion yeah. that they don't work together. Yeah. But it's horse shit because we've seen it work. Yeah. We've seen it work under him, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Last yeah, season. For sure, for sure. You're right. Um, let's go. Let's get into the game. The best chance of this game, bro, was when Sergei Milinkovic Savage found himself one on one against his little brother, Vanya Milinkovic Savage. Yes, you heard correctly. Vanya Milinkovic Savage is 25 years old. He is two years younger than Sergei Milinkovic Savage. Even though he looks 30. They're our age. They're right. That's fucking nuts. If they're at St. Martin's, like... <laughs> Bro, we look terrible. But anyway... <laughs> but anyway, uh, he found himself one-on-one. Oh my God, and I'm Sergey and you're Vanya. No, the other, you're Vanya, bro. You're fucking Vanya. You're Vanya. Vanya's younger. Yeah, but you have the... Uh, the look. The look. Yeah. And then I have the look. You have the, the mustache. You have the mustache. Yeah, yeah, you have the curly. That's right. We're, we're just... I have the bald head. True. That works. So... Yes, um, that was the best chance of the game. Sergei Milinkovic Savage failed to get it past his younger brother. It seems he called for a deflection. I'm not sure if it really was, uh, but yeah, he he missed the one on one. He had time to shoot earlier. He hesitated a little bit. Um, they were interviewed after the game. They said um, they were both disappointed with the result, mm. but their mother was extremely happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very sweet. But anyway, uh, Singo had a free header from the corner, bro. And and honestly, if you had to watch this game in black and white, you would think that Torino were Lazio and Lazio were Torino because Torino absolutely dominated. Yeah, agreed. You know, they had 53% ball possession. They were calm. They moved the ball around. They were patient with it, man. They created chances. I think that Vlasic and Rodonich look really good. And it's a shame that they lost Maranchuk because he was playing really well too. Yeah. Um, I think Ricardo Rodriguez has settled in nicely as, as a left centre back. Very good on set pieces too. He's their captain nowadays. Gigi has been unrecognisable since his, yeah. since his um, Crotone days in a very good way, in the best way possible, of course. This guy was terrible with Crotone. But it seemed to be like... I don't recall him with Crotone. He had a season, bro, where, where it's just like every single week, week in, week out, he was just getting fucked. <coughs> Every week in, week out, just fucking getting dribbled, falling on his ass, like getting yellow cards, red cards. He was terrible Insane. for it. It's almost like he was, he had a baptism of fire, bro. That's what mm. it was like. And now he's become quite a, quite a commendable player, you know, very good player. Now, do you think a draw was the right outcome for this game, my brother? When you take everything into consideration, perhaps... Because at the end of the day, sure, Torino, Torino were a much better side than Lazio were yeah. in this game in particular. Um, they had 10 shots on goal, one of them on target. They managed to get one on target. Lazio had seven, they had two on target. Not saying that Lazio were, <laughs> were anywhere near as good as Torino, but I don't think there was any moment that Torino were clean through on goal. They had the opportunity and they should have made it 1-0, 2-0. I think, if anything, there was a point where Lazio should have scored. And Torino yes, no, no, Lazio, Lazio's chances were very good. Too. So i draw is probably a fair yeah. result here. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, it could have gone either way with the quality of the chances that both mm-hmm. teams had. This you think it was quite single. a boring game, bro? It was a little bit of a... Um, it was... An interesting, but I, I just enjoy watching Torino, man, to be honest with you. Mm. And seeing them, watching them against a team that does have quality, 
um, with Immobile up front, Zakani on the left. I thought it was a pretty interesting game. Zakani against Ngingji was an interesting matchup. I felt like Ngingji got the better of him on multiple occasions. Mm. But yes, I I, th- I don't think it was... I, I wouldn't say it was very boring, no. Okay, okay. I thought it was a little bit boring. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Are you good to... I'm good to move on. I just need to say that Lazio seem far from being a top four side. I'd be surprised if they even make Europa League at this point. <laughs> they really need to get things going over I, there. I, I Sorry, think I they need eighth. They need some players, man. Lotito needs to get his shit together and sign some players. Agreed. At least Romagnoli's having fun. But then anyway, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, at least he's fulfilling his dream of playing <laughs> with Lazio. Not lifting a fucking trophy with Milan, but whatever. Um, Empoli nil, Fiorentina nil. This is the local Tuscan derby. Did you know that? I knew that, bro. I didn't. Yeah. So the local, as in, I, I found out at kickoff <laughs> that it was a local task in there. <laughs> the commentator went, and we're off for the local <laughs> task in there. <laughs> Literally. Um, obviously, Fiorentina somewhat distracted by the Europa Conference League playoffs against Twent that they won 2-1 on the Thursday before yeah. this match. Subtle masterclass. The subtle masterclass. Um, with that in mind, Italiano made several Changes to the lineup, including Dodos, first start, benching Beraghi, benching Sotel. I'll actually just read out the lineups for it. It was Golini in goal, Dodo and Terzic as the two, uh, as the right back and the left back, Milenkovic and Martinez as the two centre backs. It was Bonaventura, Mandragora and Male in the midfield. Ikone, Saponara supporting Lukajovic up front. For Empoli, it was Vicario in goal, Parisi, Luperto, Ismaili and Stojanovic as the four defenders, Bandinelli, Marin and Henderson forming the midfield three with Bayrami in an attacking midfield role, and Destra and Lammers up front. So, I mean, in the beginning of the second half, referee Matteo Marchetti sustained a muscle injury, <laughs> which is probably the most exciting part of, of the match. He was replaced by Juan Lucas Sacchi, the man that I have nightmares about every single night. Yeah. Um, the same referee then awarded a red card to Luperto after he dropped Jovic as the last man. He did need VAR to turn his yellow card into a red. Um, but yeah, that happened quite late on in the game. Um, Cambiaghi and then had muscular problems in stoppages. So Empoli ended the game with nine men, but still Fiorentina barely got a shot on target after that. Um, Fiorentina posed little to no danger to Empoli, just to be quite frank. The most dangerous they were was from Biragi's dead ball situations once he came on mm. as a sub. What did you make of the performance of Fiorentina? So Fiorentina do everything well apart from the final third, right? Mm. The last thing is always missing with them, um, as of late especially. Now, I was quite disappointed by the performances of Saponara and Dikone out wide. I didn't mm-hmm. think they played well at all, particularly Saponara. He was fucking, he was terrible. Yeah, I mean, when, when Saponara isn't the best player in the world, he's <laughs> kind of the real. worst player yeah. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Saponara, guys. Okay, so we talk about Saponara a lot over here. Yeah. I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain exactly who Saponara is. I get a lot of questions about like, why do you have Saponara kid? So <laughs> Saponara is a player who lives. He, Saponara is a normal human being. Okay, yeah. Saponara is you. Saponara is I. Okay, Saponara is a normal human being who is blessed with moments of pure quality. He sometimes becomes possessed with the spirit of prime Zinedine Zidane, dude. Honestly, like he'll have the ball outside the area, the average guy. All of a sudden, boom, he trips the Roma goalkeeper from out of the box, scoring the winner later on. You know, he gets the ball on the edge of the area against Milan, 
fucking cuts in, curls a top binge. You know what I mean? He's very capable of these moments. You know what I mean? And that makes it, you know, the fact that he's human just makes me really like the player. He has a, the, the touch and the football mind of a genius. Yes, his understanding he of is, the game. Vlaovic nicknamed him Il Professore. Il Professore. Like Il Professore like, del Calcio. He used to like the one of Money Heist. That's how good he is. He's the professor. In That's money it. heist. Unfortunately, because he is real, he is not backed by physical capabilities. He's not backed by significant strength. He's not quick. Yeah, like he wouldn't be in a room shirtless with Leo. He'd, wear, he'd keep his enough. t-shirt on. Like, exactly, you know? exactly. He might have dipped into the pool with his t-shirt on at a yeah, pool that's party. It. That's it. Maybe he cut off the sleeves because his biceps are, kind you know, with the right lighting, they're kind of large. <laughs> That's Saponara for you guys. Top quality content. <laughs> top quality. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, dude. No. Um, yeah, man. Ah, this was this was my. Yeah. I think I was. Ah, yeah. What did you What did you make of the performances? You said Ikona and Saponara yes, had a bit of a stinker. Um, again, I thought that they did everything right, but it's just the wingers couldn't deliver the service. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that Bonaventura is a player who he got close to scoring this game, but he's kind of. When he fails to insert himself, he fails to insert himself. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Like mm-hmm. Empoli, I feel like we haven't seen them at their best yet. And a friend of mine made a point, Luke Minto, friend of the podcast, um, Sassuolo fan, our residence uh, Sassuolo fan. He said that Empoli are relegation favorites, in his opinion. Okay. That's a hot take. He loves them. Yeah, he, he, loves he loves a good hot take. Good hot take. Um, I disagree. I don't know. I look at the pieces here. I look at, for example, Ismaili and Luperto are a competent centre-back duo. Vicario is a good goalkeeper. Parisi, Stajanovic are okay. Bandinelli, Marin Henderson, decent midfield. Are three. they Cagliari though? Could they be Cagliari? Cagliari mm. had a good side. They Relegated. Might, they might be Cagliari. Relegated as fuck. Marin, Bayrami, Destro, Lammers. That's a fucking solid team, man. Uh, it's a good team. Their coach got relegated last year, in all fairness. And their striker got relegated as well. Destro. Yes, you're right. Fuck so they, they've got a couple losers yeah. in their team. Um, I, I don't think they're, at least they're definitely not relegation favorites. No, not no. Relegation I, I can't. I don't see them going down. No. Um, they can. They deserved more from the Spezia game, but fact of the matter is they lost to Spezia and, and Spezia just got hammered by Inter. Not that that's anything to be ashamed of. They got, mm-hmm. They're playing Inter. Um, but then they managed to hold Fiorentina to one nil nil draw. Which so is a good result. Perhaps they're perf- they're perf- they haven't had a bad performance yet, Empoli, yes. in these opening two games. They haven't had a bad performance yet. Is a bad performance playing decently and losing to Spezia? At the end of the day, yes. But it's still early days and they're showing something. They're showing that they're not a walkover side. Yes. They held Fiorentina right now. About Fiorentina, before we get in too much about Empoli. Do Fiorentina have the squad to juggle multiple competitions? Wingers, yes. The rest, no. That's that's what I was gonna say. I mean, you know, yes, they do, bro. They have a, they have quite a deep squad. I mean, Champions League definitely not, of course. But co- oh, conference, conference league, conference league, Coppa, say yeah, they can do it, man. They can totally do it. I mean, they have decent rotation wingers. They have all of them. <laughs> Jovic and Cabral are competent strikers. You know what I mean? They can easily swap for each other, give each other a rest. You know what I mean? They have uh, Duncan who can put in a shift in midfield as well. Like, what do they? They do, man. They do have the 
team, the squad depth to allow them to play in three competitions. I think they do, especially at this level. They do definitely have the players. The players are yes. there. The yes. individual pieces are there. Yes. Is it an Atalanta thing, an Inter thing, where every player is capable of playing the system? And would the team be as fluid with either player on the pitch? Italiano has his style and that's the idea. That's what he's going for over here. Mm. He wants everyone to to get the system ticking and that's the Because that's I think the I think they dropped points in this game. I think had they not had uh, the conference, conference league. league midweek, they would have won that's this a, game. I mean that's very that's but very then they struggled against Cremonese as well. <laughs> So they're in an yeah, interesting tough. place. It's right still now. early days, bro. It's still early days as well. Uh-huh. Like to see these guys get taken at the end of the day right now that winning the conference league was essential. Four points in their first two games were probably the minimum thing they wanted. Right? Yeah. Four four points will take six great like. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is the amount of points that you get, like we said about Roma, and the same should be said about Fiorentina. At the end of the day, same boat as Milan. Um like I said, Empoli were the better team against Spezia, but got nothing out of it. Now they walk away with a point against Fiorentina. Thoughts under the Tuscans, under Zanetti? Um, yeah, I think I need to see more of them. I think they've been okay, to be honest with you. It's hard to tell, of course, the red card skews the, the performance, but they held their own in the first half too. First game of the season, refresh my memory, brother. I lost to Spezia. One lost nil. to Spezia 1 0, but they played well. But they played they well, played they were really better well. than Spezia. Yeah. I don't know, they have an identity, they just need to be more street smart, they need to get mm-hmm. things done. And and I don't know if, if Paolo Zanetti is the man for the job. He showed good, he played good football. He had Venezia playing good football. As well. He has Empoli playing good football right now. Now he needs to add, not only do you have to play good football, you need to get some results. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. He's, he's learning, eh? At the, end of, at the end of the day. Hey, he's getting great experience. He'll he probably is. be a great manager in the future. True. Um, shout out to Vicario, as always. Ismaili and Parisi had phenomenal performances. Mm-hmm. They were key in keeping that clean sheet, the, the, the three of them. Um, but yeah, other than that, this game again was was nothing really to write home about. So I think I'm comfortable to move on to the next game, bro. Let's go. Sassuolo one Lecce nil. Dionisi's request to concede fewer goals has <laughs> been cr- granted. Um, as Berardi scores a screamer after renewing his contract to 2000. Oh fuck me! I didn't know that. Opening his um, what's the last time I was thinking of the expression? What's the what's the expression? Opening your mm for the season account. Your account, yes. Why the hell couldn't I remember? That was like opening your register, <laughs> <laughs> opening your door, opening your numbers, your gold, <laughs> your wallet. He opened his account for the season. Yes, the last game between these two sides in the top flight came in two thousand and twenty, where Sassuolo won four two. Now. Consigli started in goal, Rogerio and Tolian as the fullbacks, Ehrlich and Ferrari at the back. This was a 4-3-3, so the three midfielders were Henrique, Lopez and Fratesi. I have to say this is a midfield that is much, 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 much better than Juventus is. <laughs> honestly, honestly. No, probably. So mobile, bro, this mm-hmm. midfield. Henrique is really good, bro. Uh-huh. And Lopez, Lopez is, is Lopez. Love what you did to your hair, dude. Yeah. 
Summer vibes, bro. You can, summer vibes. You can tell it's summer in Italy when like mm-hmm. half the players show up blonde. <laughs> Kyriakopoulos <laughs> was playing as the left winger. Of course, that's a bit of a makeshift thing going on over there. Berardi on the right and Pinamonti up, fr- up front. Such really, a new really look exciting. team as well, man. So cool, man. I can't wait for Chare to make his way back in. Same, 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 same. Naughty. Falcone in goal for Lecce. And apparently the guy on the right, bro, his name isn't Gendry. It's Gendry. Ah, okay. Comment ça va, Gendry? So Gendry was on the right, <laughs> Blin and Bascriotto as the centre backs, and Gallo as the left back. I'm a big fan of Gallo. The midfield three, this, they mirrored each other, 4 3 3. Bistrovic, Humland, and Gonzalez. Di Francesco on the left, Strefezza on the right, and Cisse in the middle as the sole striker. What can you tell us about Blin and Bascriotto, King? Blin and Bascirotto, they're, they're no longer going to be the centre-back pairing for, for Lecce. What do you mean? Why did you ask that? Wait. Because in the last episode, I mentioned that Blin is a midfielder and Bascirotto ah, is yes. a right back. Of course, they're not going to be there anymore, in fact, because... Let's get into this now, bro. Okay. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Um, they're signing, bro, Lecce. Oh, my God. Lecce are signing. Oh. Um, titi. A World Cup winner with great Champions League experience. And they're also signing Pongracic. Is that how you say it? Pongracic. He's a 24-year-old Croatian centre-back from Wolfsburg who's arriving on loan. And he also has Champions League experience. Wow. So suddenly their centre-back duo, these guys, is fucking solid. They have a good spine all of a sudden. Two they need, so they need centre-backs. Yes, they do, they do. And they're bringing in two extremely capable, over-qualified centre-backs. I would take them at Milan, like. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely would take them at Milan. <laughs> yeah, on the bench, though. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, 40th minute, of course, Domenico Berardi did what he did. Um, a corner was taken, was cleared up. Um, the ball fell high up Berardi's just outside the area strikes it with his right foot beats the goalkeeper fantastic goal Madonna absolutely fantastic goal leading by example when his team can't quite break the deadlock he comes in and he does that captain fantastic what a player now I already told you the stat of course he's become the second player in Serie A to have scored in the past 10 seasons um, in each of the past 10 seasons sorry Uh, Bonaventura is the other one and Qualier Luffy scores this season will hit that too. Strefezza is a player who I find very interesting he from, from Lecce, bro. He's really good. He's good. He he's has, good. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's Brazilian, mm-hmm. even though his name sounds Italian. He is um, very short. He has quite a large head. The Brazilian Eden Hazard. You watch yes. the way he plays, where he shakes his ass yes. a little bit. And he cuts he inside and plays a long ball to the wing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very good. Cissé had a pretty bad miss in the first half. It was yep. bad. The finish was bad, but everything else was pretty good, actually. Uh-huh. He dispossessed Ferrari, who has been having a bit of a nightmare so far this season. And his shot, curled shot in the top corner, just went just uh-huh. over. Like. Uh-huh. It, it was it the right approach, is the question, that, yeah. that finish. Ah, that he, area, might, yeah. he might have overcomplicated uh-huh. it. Eh? Honestly, Lecce are quite impressive from the sides that have come up. They definitely seem to be the strongest ones. That should not come as a surprise as they did win, win the league. Serie B yeah. at the end of the day. But yeah, bro, um, good victory by Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. With a few missing pieces. They usually have a left winger here. Um, you know, competent display. A victory for them. Clean sheet. Can't complain. They move. 
they move. I mean, their first points were the first three points of the of the season after their devastating loss against Juve. But it was a nice little way to bounce back for them. Like we said, they have a few key pieces missing, particularly in uh, Traore on the left. They're playing Kyriakopoulos mm. at the end of the day in a, in a, in a left-wing yeah, position. They've just lost Raspadori. They've lost Skamaka, Skamaka. of course. Penamonti's still settling in. So these are they just have to win right now and wait for the guy to settle. So you can start smashing them in for them. Sassuolo will do what they always do. They'll get off to a slow start and they'll pick it up halfway through yeah. the season. Yeah. I, I, I'm confident to say that that's exactly what will happen this time round. Yeah, fair enough, bro. Um, there's not much else I would like to add to this. We've already discussed pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Are you happy to move on? Yes. Perfect. Next game we're going to be covering is Bologna 1, Verona 1. This was one of the more entertaining draws that we saw this weekend. So the starting 11s for this match, uh, Bologna started with Skorupski in goal in a 3-4-1-2 formation with Bonifazi, Medel and Silvestri forming the back three. Um, De Silvestri, I keep missing the Ds today, probably because I'm reading De, them from De Silvestri. De Silvestri. Um, Cambiasso and Cassius as the two wing backs with Shouten, Dominguez and Soriano forming the middle three. Arnautovic and Orsolini up front. Versus um, a Verona that fielded their 3-5-2 formation that they'll be utilizing this year with Montepo on goal, Coppola, Gunter and Ridsos forming the back three, Faroni and Lazovic as the two wing backs with Tamez, Ongla and Illich forming the midfield three, Lasagna and Henri up front. So in the early moments of the game, Henri smacked the crossbar from close range after a low cross by Ongla. In the 21st minute, Arnautovic scored after some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant play by Bologna. It was a clean finish after a low cross by Cassius and a great counter-attack, pretty much. Um, he pointed down to the ground in his celebration as though to say, I am staying following interest by Man United. Quite a big statement. Yeah, he's been doing, he did that match day one as well when he scored. <laughs> he just keep doing it now forever. I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> In the 43rd minute, Henri scored after a good cross by Lazovic fell perfectly to him and he finished off with a clean header. In this game, the commentators kept on saying there are two fantastic strikers on the pitch, yes. one for each side, one being Arnautovic and the other one being Henri. And they both scored, so I guess yeah. they, they weren't wrong. Orsolini's finish in of the crossbar was ruled out for offside following a VAR check. <laughs> was a sick goal sad yeah. to see that one um, um, it was sick the way it fucking bounced yeah. back out he shot yeah. so much power man panache he then got a straight red card after a boot to the face of Angla. It was no hesitation whatsoever <laughs> definitely a deserved red card or Salini had a bit of a mare this game poor guy yeah, yeah he was very he celebrated unlucky. the goal then he yeah. got called off then he got the red mm -hmm. card it was Mm -hmm. a nightmare and the way that he got the red card as well they were pretty much playing Germanisa over him yeah. at that point they were just <laughs> Chipping the ball over him. He went to kick the ball and he kicked Angla on the face. I doubt he fucking meant it, but he did go in a bit rash over there. Um, chances all round. Um, Tamez had a, had a big miss. There was a great fucking save by Skorupski at a point to deny an Illich wonder oh, goal. Oh man, what a save. Or Solini. This is the league with the best keepers in the world. Oh, 100. I, I agree. And we've said that a couple mm. of times as well. Orsolini tried one from half pitch after Montepo lost his footing outside of the area. It was a very, very eventful draw. But we mentioned Skorupski. Mm -hmm. Where would you rank him in Italy when it comes to goalkeepers? I always really want to do an exercise with you where we rank all 20 starting goalkeepers in a row. 
and that's probably the most difficult task in the world. Like, where would you rank Skorupski? Oh, I'd have to make a list, though. Eh? He's definitely top ten. Look, he's top ten. He's better than Golini, for example, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. He's he's better than Dragovski. Look, I'm gonna tell you who he's worse than. Okay, for sure. He's worse than Manian. Mm-hmm. He's worse than Chesney. Okay. Sure, he's worse than Chesney. Yes. I guess on, on his day when Chesney's on his day, excluding the, the nightmares. Okay. He's. Look, let's save it for the next steps. I, I'll, I'll bring okay. a list to the next episode. Oh, let's okay. do it I, next episode. I need, I need to think let's about Let's do it this. next episode. Remind us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remind us, yeah. We'll, we'll end next episode by doing our, our 20 goalkeepers in a row. Yes. Yeah. From start to finish. Now, um, brother of mine, I have to say that Thierry Henry's... Thierry Henry's... <laughs> Thomas on Oh, my God. That Thomas Henry's new lease of life at Verona is a very interesting one. Um, they also have Juric on the bench. So if his head doesn't get the job done, they're just bringing on Juric. Yeah, um, interesting, interesting, interesting. How many goals do you think he'll get this season? Henry? Yeah. Nine. Nine? That's pretty good. Ten? Yeah. Eleven? Oof. Nine, ten, eleven. Cool. I think it was a, a good buy for them. I didn't think so at the beginning because, like, he was a bit of a disappointment at, at uh, Venezia. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, he is one of those strikers that sits inside the box, waits for service, and he can deliver. He is nothing more than that, but yeah. he's very talented at that. He is, he is. Now, at Venezia, I think we overrated Venezia a little bit last year and the service they could provide to him. Um, but yeah, fair enough. He has better service now. He has Lazovic, he has Illich, he has Faroni, he has Lasagna to his side. He will not have Barak. He's off yes. to Fiorentina. Verona are significantly worse now, man. No, they are. They really I'm are. seeing shots for them getting relegated. I obviously don't nah, think they're getting they, these, these they, they, It's every season, season every even season. last year. Honestly, they how lost, can you say that these guys are getting relegated? No way. They don't get relegated yeah. for sure. If they get relegated, we'll stop the podcast. Hey. And and they won't make they won't make top ten. Yeah. They won't make top ten. Like I I was gonna say Bologna, Verona, Udinese. Yeah, those three, those three are exact same level. Bologna, Verona, Udinese. Yeah, I agree. Bologna, Verona, Udinese. I think Udinese are slightly better than the rest. Really? Yes. Really? Okay. I would say so. Okay. Interesting. But anyway. Shall we? Um, red sauce had a strong performance. That's all I wanted to say. Red well. sauce? Red sauce. Okay. I wanted to bring it up because obviously we've criticized the back three of Verona and, and red sauce really stepped up in this okay. game. Cool. You can move on. So the next game is the game that nobody watched. Um, Udinese <laughs> nil Salernitana nil... Um, Thank you, it good ended, night. ended goalless, of course, and we're here to talk about it. Uh, it was on at the same time as Torino Lazio, to be honest. I wanted to watch this one simply because I wanted to see how Kandreva and De Oliveira play. I love uh, watching those yeah, 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 yeah. But of course, I couldn't say no to the Torino Lazio game. <laughs> Coming into this game, Udinese had won three of their four meet- meetings, matches against Salernitana. This is the first time ever that these teams have drawn. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a fun Fucking way. So, uh, Silvestri was in goal, three at the back, Mazina, Biol, and Bekao, uh, flanked by Udoji and Neun Perez. The midfield three were Makengo, Wallace, and Pereira, and the two strikers were Isaac Success and Deo Lefeu. 
For Salernitana, they had Sepe and Gola, back three of Bron, Gyomber and Fazio. On the right, Kandreva, on the left, Mazzocchi. Vilhena Radovanovic and Majora in the middle, Bonazzoli and Botheim up front. An interesting match, both teams mirroring each other's formation. It was an action-packed match, quite frankly, 15 shots to 17, quite even possession as well. Um, there was a red card in the 47th minute in the first 48. half. Yeah, 48, 47. It was on Neo Perez. I'm about to say, no. You're like, oh, yo, it was in the 40th minute. It was an intentional foul on a counter by Nehuen Perez. To be honest with you, he probably made the right decision. Nehuen, Nehuen. Nehuen. Nehuen? How do you know? Because I've heard the commentators say it before. It's Nehuen Perez. I heard Nehuen last, but it was Italian. Oh. God knows. This is called Perez. God. Perez, uh, an intentional foul on the counter, and it was a straight red card. Yeah, he's on my Fanta. Like. Straight. <laughs> yeah, the one you bench, though, right? No, no you started, started them, thanks to my advice. Uh-huh. Cheers, dude. It was a very entertaining game. Um, super goalkeeping saves all around. Um, Udinese had better chances than Salernitana. Salernitana had more possession. Deulafo causing all sorts of problems everywhere. Salernitana, bro. They don't look like pushovers huh, this year. No, no, no. Like, like we said, start. like we said, they picked up where they left off. Yes. Last season, um, that David and Nicolas spell. He's he's there to stay. He brought something special to them. Clearly, he triggers something in them. And yeah, they're they're off to they're off to quite a a good start. Miles of people had them getting relegated. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I had them getting relegated. No, you did. Did you? No, of Spezia. You have Spezia. Oh mm. my days. Spezia, let's check Ramonese. Okay. And have Monza on 12th. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wild pick, eh? Yeah. We'll see, it might happen. Early days, uh, early days. Early days, baby. All right, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about this game. Apart from the fact that it was very entertaining. Goalkeeping superstars. <laughs> Red card and Salernitana couldn't. I mean, I, I think I think we gave you guys a lot of content for the amount of draws and nil nils that yeah. they that they were. We still the managed. It, I, I don't have any left. I don't have oh, any holy left. Shit, so, we're done. Yeah, we are done. So I think we gave you guys a lot of content for the amount of nil nils yeah. and 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 one ones and one nils that there that there were, and really not the most entertaining match days we will ever see. But uh, I think from next week, you know, we'll have, we'll have a couple of bangers. We'll have Roma, Juve. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's Napoli, Fiorentina. That'll be quite well. It's Juve, Roma, apologies. Lazio, Inter. Lazio, Inter. Verona, Atalanta. Salernitana, Sampdoria. Kandreva scores against the X. I mean, Mil- Milan, Bologna. Lecce, well. Empoli. Lecce, nice. Empoli. Fa. Even Spezia fucking Sassuolo is nice, to be honest. Okay, next week, this weekend's going to be Monza, Udinese is okay. Mm. Sign me up. Nice. And then we have midweek games, bro. This is something we have to decide on what the hell we're going to do. Oh, yeah. We're going to cover fucking 20 games. Ech. Or we do a quick fire episode or something to cover. Ech, I think I think that's one we'll, we'll discuss and we'll make an announcement to let, yes, to let them know. It takes a lot of thought. Um, obviously, for us, guys, this is something we do on the side. We both have full-time jobs. Yes, I'm a full-time porn star. Exactly. And I'm a, and I'm a full-time... Sex worker. So well, we couldn't go for something a bit more creative. It has to be about. Lane. It has to be about sex, man. <laughs> no, let I'm, Should we say what we actually do? Yes, of for, course. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
I'm an English teacher. <laughs> oh, you're not. Well, I'm the I'm an academic coordinator for a language school and an English teacher. And an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the head of sales at a startup called Free Hour, a student platform in in Malta. So both of our jobs mm-hmm. are very demanding, obviously yes. for two very different very reasons. Very time consuming. Very time consuming. And um, unfortunately, we don't have enough time to maybe focus on this as much as we would like to. Exactly, know? exactly. It's it's as simple as that. And obviously we have we have our, our hobbies and endeavors as well that, that take up our time. We have friends, we have girlfriends, we have family. So unfortunately, we don't dedicate as much time to this as, as we would like. Uh, maybe in the future, obviously. But you can... know what? At the end of the day, we work on this every day. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we do, we do. Every Straight day. up. Quite Maybe there's one day, like on, on a Friday, Friday, I think we'll find it difficult to, to work on because it's work exactly. and then the weekend starts. Yeah. Saturday, there's always a part where we can actually make a snippet or two. But exactly. yeah, so, you know, hopefully in the future, I'll be able to do this with a little bit more freedom. Yeah. If you want to enjoy the work that we come up with on a daily basis, please do visit our Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and Facebook. We post our snippets there and we post some really cool pieces. We post our um, bet slips as well in case you guys want to follow our journey to getting, I don't know, money <laughs> and doing something with it and like recording it for you. And as well, if you want some some betting advice, I mean, we're no one to give you betting advice, but we give you the reasons, we place those bets. If you think they're great reasons, you can hop on board. If not, then don't. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on on our one year anniversary, guys. We'll see you all next week. We love you. We love you all. Take care. Bye-bye.